What are the swing skills that separate a player from maximizing his potential or not living up to his potential? Stay tuned. Yo, yo, what is up? What is up? This is the Locked On NBA Big Board, your daily NBA draft podcast. I am Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board. And my co-host for today is Leif Tulin, a.k.a. The Grinder, the man that says he has watched more college basketball than anyone else. Leif, what you got for me today? I thought long and hard about what skills would really take a player to the next level if they were to be able to be proficient at those at the next level. and I think I think I've got some good ones for you. Some that are conventional, some guys we've talked about a lot, and some that are a little deeper down the board and that could pr- prove to be steals if they were able to acquire these skills and be proficient at it in the NBA. All right, shout out to each and every person that has made the NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day, and I I know I appreciate it. I know Leaf does. All right, so I'll, I'll go first. All right, for me. When I think of a swing skill that could help a player maximize his potential. So I'll start with Jabari Smith. To me, the swing skill that will help Jabari reach his full potential is creating off the dribble and improving as a ball handler and shot creator. So right now I think that he's definitely a shooter, dead eye shooter. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But if there's some concerns I have is it's his inability to create his own shot off the dribble, create easy offense for himself. I think when he is not shooting a three, when he's in like the mid post, it's very predictable. It's a a contested mid-range shot, maybe one dribble, but not a lot of offensive creativity. So the swing skill is working on the ball handling and it doesn't have to be crazy. I mean, I'm not expecting him to be Durant, but even like Dirk, for example, I mean, Dirk is obviously stronger when he was at his peak, but Dirk had enough to where, you know, he had a face-up game. He had the little one leg fade away. He had a little, he had something that you couldn't really defend where he shot over the top of you, but he could get the ball into the mid post. He had a little bit of a post game. And Dirk was known when he started his career as a three-point shooter, but then as he got older and stronger, he played inside out as opposed to outside in. So for me, that is the swing skill for Jabari Smith that I think can help him reach his full potential. All right. What about you? I think I'm with you. It's individual creation to really maximize what he can be as an NBA player. We talked about how his uh, franchise altering capacity seems lower if he stays stagnant of what his skills are um, than a couple of the guys that are in that top four conversation. I think that in games that he played for Auburn, especially when they were cruising and they were one of the best five teams in the country for much of the season, they were, I think his percent shot percentages were phenomenal, but his shot quality was not. And that speaks to how good of a shot maker he is. And sometimes you say, well, that's good. That's good defense, better offense. Um, and that's, I think, a concern is, as you alluded to, is he's such a good shooter that sometimes his shots were like face up threes, one jab shots. If he were able to pump fake, like Dirk had a deadly pump fake, uh, and that's a good example. And then he can dribble off the bounce. And Jabari Smith's got those long strides, long arms. I think 
individual creation is is exactly that and then obviously you would you'd hope he uh, strengthens his body which i don't consider a skill i just think that's a maturation thing that all 19 year olds are going to do in the course of their nba careers but i i'm, I'm with you there as jabari swing skill being individual creation yep and then also i want to add finishing at the rim i don't think he was the most efficient efficient finishing in in traffic which on one hand you can say the nba players are bigger and stronger that could be an issue on the other hand, you can say that there's not as much congestion in the lane in the NBA. So, all right, it's up to you. What what player do you feel like has a swing skill that can help them reach their be their best self? Yeah, I, I've got two. I've got two that are the same skill that are both considered likely lottery picks. Uh, I got Jeremy Suhan and Dyson Daniels, and their shooting proficiency. I think both of these guys are touted for their versatility and positional size, and they they really maximize their potential if they're able to stretch the floor and shoot the ball, as well as their passing proficiency and and Sohan's cl- uh, case especially his defensive versatility. And Dyson Daniels is a jumbo facilitator, um, and if he's able to shoot the ball, I think that opens up even more options. So I think that's one where are those two are ones that I think everyone can shoot better, but if they shoot well and very effectively at the next level, they outperform what their current stock is based off what they showed in college and or the G league. Yeah. Luckily for them, shooting is in my opinion, the easiest skill set to fix. Now, I mean, there are some guys that just don't have touch. Like I can't sit here and say, well, if Shaq went to the gym and shot 500 three-pointers a day, he's going to be a league average three-point shooter. So on one hand, yes, there are some some people that I don't think working on their shot is going to help them much. But with both of those guys, I, I believe that shooting is something that can easily be fixed. The form isn't broken. The touches is there. And I just think over time, I mean, they're so far from being so far away from being a finished product. So I think with over time, they can develop into reliable shooters. And in, in both cases, if they become league average, then they really help their team. If they're like 36% from three, 35, 37%, then I think that they could really have, have an impact. All right. The player that I have that comes to mind next about a swing skill is Benedict Matherin and I've talked about this plenty of times before Matherin is at the minimum a three and D wing even though some people say the D isn't all the way there it's a lowercase d right now but he has all the the physical tools to be a a really good defender I think for him again at the minimum three and D guy that is the transition finisher but I think the swing skill for him that can help him reach his full potential is the ball handling, creating off the dribble, and the playmaking. I think that if he can add that to his game, then he turns into going from maybe a third or fourth option to maybe a second option. and Maybe even best, best scenario, a first option. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I like Matherin a lot, and I think that his flaws are more fixable than a lot of players that, like, you poke holes into lottery picks and you say, well, this is a flaw. I think his flaws are are lack of doing it. I think at Arizona there were multiple ball handlers, Kerr, Kreisa, Dalen Terry, and so they didn't need him to handle the ball that often. And I know we're not speaking of ball handling. We're talking about just the actual efficiency with the ball and creating space. 
So I think that that comes with repetition. And I think he has potential to be one of those guys taking um, seven through 12 that such as I'm not comparing him necessarily to Gordon Hayward or Paul George, but guys who have that kind of build and, and plus athletic traits that develop into more than what they're expected to as draft picks. And I, I, I see what you're saying there. And I really like that as a swing skill, because if he's able to individually create more efficiently and maximize those athletic traits and transition finishing, and obviously that sweet shooting stroke, I, I think he's got a potential to be an all-star in this league. One of the things you did there that I really like is you gave a cross racial comparison <laughs> that doesn't happen often. Usually European player is only compared to European players. And I mean, black players only compared to black players, white players only compared to white players. And you gave a comparison from Matherin to Gordon Haywood, which is something I haven't seen, but it makes sense. Another swing skill for him that I would say, I think it's fine now, but, and I had mentioned it on, I've probably mentioned a few times this week, but his catch and shoot numbers weren't, weren't good at all. 26.7% on catch and shoot jumpers in the half court. So even though the shooting numbers, you know, 38% from three on 256 attempts in his career look good when you take a deeper dive into the numbers, there may be a little bit of concern there as far as his catch and shoot numbers and how he'll play in the in the half court all right but i have quite a few more players that i want to get to but i want to talk to the audience about built bar and that's because built bar has come out with their own granola and if you've been asking for the built bar granola built has delivered the granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors you have chocolate peanut butter you have chocolate coconut you have white chocolate berry. If you want to try all three flavors, you can get a mixed box at built.com right now. These are so different from the bars and the puffs. The built granola bars are loaded with granola, which is the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness. But just like the bars and the puffs, these babies are packed with protein and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. With 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar, Built Granola Bars would change your world. And Built has cracked the code with better granola. They're perfectly healthy for you to eat. It's a perfect snack that you can pack to your lunch, take on the road, and just eat as a snack. And I was at Lifetime Fitness today, and I went into the, the Lifetime Cafe, and they had a whole row full of Built Bars. So it was my first time seeing Built Bars at a location. So if you've been waiting healthy for a delicious granola bar to hit the market, this is your time. Head to built.com right now and get the built granola bars. Again, three delicious flavors to try. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, white chocolate berry. Do not miss out. You got to get yours today. Go to built.com and get the built granola bars now. And if you go to built.com and if you use the promo code LOCKED15, you will get 15% off of your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off at built.com. All right, thanks again for everyone that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day, every day. Now for your second listen, check out the Locked On NBA podcast, and they've been covering the playoffs from the first jump ball, and they will be covering it all the way until the end of the finals, which as we are recording Game one is over with the Celtics just going on this crazy run in the fourth quarter. 
and the Locked On experts take you deep inside the finals with their insight and analysis and even have some insight and analysis that are affecting all 30 teams. So check it out on the Locked On NBA podcast. All right, so it's your turn. Name a player or two that you have a specific swing skill that you think could help them maximize their potential. All righty. I'll stay with guys I think will be in the first round, um, but they're a little lower on the board than those we've spoken of so far. Uh, Nikola Jovic, uh, Jovic and Bryce McGowans are two that I think could really thrive in the NBA if they were to uh, improve their finishing on the interior. McGowans is actually a very crafty finisher with good touch, but he needs to uh, strengthen himself. But I'll put that under the um, same category of finishing. And Jovic is this kind of brilliant creator of shots for himself and he's got good touch and he's tall but i think similarly the physicality of the nba is going to make him have to become a better uh finisher on the interior if he wants to elevate himself from a a guy that could be a role player to someone who could take a larger role and and be an exceptional role player yeah even though with bryce um i think it's going to i think he's going to be better once he gets stronger i mean he is kind of light but he got to the free throw line six times per game. I think it's like 6.3 times per game. So the mindset and the aggressiveness and the confidence is, confidence is there. I just think it changes once he gets a, a little bit stronger. And then Jovic, I mean, he has the size. He definitely has the tools. But I, I also wonder, with more spacing, will it look a little bit easier for him? Because, again, in, in Europe, they play a lot of traditional big lineups and there's and you can stay in the lane all the time so it's not like the nba where they're spacing all right the next player that comes to mind and he is someone that is projected to go into the top four five at the very minimum is Jaden ivy and to me the swing skill for Jaden ivy is the mid-range pull-up jumper i i forgot the stats i just had them off the top of my head but i think he only scored 17 points total this year on jump shots inside of the three-point line it was like something like seven for 39 from the floor on mid-range jump shots and I think that is key for him because right now he's I mean he's an exceptional athlete the motors there I mean we, we know all the tools and the attributes that he brings but right now you you know that it is either a drive all the way to the rim or it is a, a three-pointer. So I think if he could add a little bit of a mid-range game, even though some people feel like the mid-range shot is an inefficient shot, it's a bad shot, I think that with his speed, adding that to his game makes him a little bit dangerous because I think that he's going to face a lot of drop coverages and teams are going to sag off of him because they don't want to get, uh, you know, they don't they don't want him to get all of, all of his points in the paint and collapse defenses. And, and, and that's where he's the most dangerous at. But I think if he adds a little bit of pace to his game, then he'll be able to be a, a more proficient pull-up shooter. And I mean, I've, I've seen him compared to Westbrook in a sense. And even with Westbrook in his prime, even though he had like this crazy blow-by speed and, and he didn't have the greatest pace, he still was a reliable shooter at the elbows because the defenses had to obviously respect his first step in his athleticism. 
Is there any thoughts on, on Jaden Ivey's swing skill? I would agree with that. I think, uh, I think you could kind of tie this in as, as navigating pick and rolls. I think you, you talked about the drop coverage being so prevalent, especially for a guy with blow by speed, like Ivy, I think stepping into a 19 footer and, and, or, um, being able to navigate, maybe snake a pick and roll and, and get to a floater. That's something that at Purdue, I think we'd be remiss to not mention that he, he played all, all his minutes with big guys. And so that, that sometimes his, best options were straight to the rim if he could get there and i think he needs to develop that that touch on a floater a runner or a pull-up jump shot but um the way they played was different because they had a kind of a fly motion for sasha stefanovic to run off pin downs from floppy sets and they'd also facilitate out of the post travion williams and or have a huge body in zach Eady in the post at all times and so i think his shot chart will be bent by the nba spacing and i think that's a that's a positive but i think if he's able to navigate pick and rolls better and hit mid-range jump shots, like similar to the way John Morant took a leap in these last two years, um, I, I really do think he's got superstar potential. And I think the job of Morant potential um, comparison is a bit rich, especially because of the early success. But there are there are similarities. And I think once Ja got better at navigating pick and roll and developed that 18-footer, uh, he's become a far better player because he's less predictable. And obviously, he's got that, that superb bounce up and hangs in the air and shoots floaters. And I think Jaden Ivey's got all the capacity to do so. And, and you're right. That's a, that's a skill that will elevate him if, if he should, he become proficient at it. Yeah. I, I think Ivy should spend this off season working on, of course, catch and shoot jumpers, but also soft touch finishes around the rim. And of course the, the mid range, the mid range pull up and maybe play with a little bit of pace. All right. Who's next on your list for guys that have, there's a swing skill that you think could help them, um, you know, reach their, their top level. I've got one that's pretty similar to what we discussed with Jaden Ivey. And that's another guy who played in the state of Indiana. That's Blake Wesley, who was at Notre Dame um, and wasn't the most heralded recruit and came in and hadn't played much basketball because of COVID. And he, he really blew away some people. And I think his biggest thing is they had an egalitarian system where they had a lot of scores. I think him being the man is, was an adjustment to him. And I think him learning how to operate in the pick and roll, um, similar to what I spoke of just a moment ago with Ivy, if he's able to stop and pop for 19 feet, his, his jump shot, he needs to improve. So that's part of it. I, I would say mostly his jump shot and then pick and roll navigation. If, if that and the way we spoke, Ivy's further along, and that's why he's the higher rated player here. But um, I think if he's able to navigate pick and roll and become a, a – a good facilitator. I'm not expecting excellence from him. His, he's got the potential to be a great defender, get to the room very easily. And if he can knock down mid-range jump shots and catch and shoot shots, um, and then become solid at operating the pick and roll, he becomes from a potential lottery guy to a guy that I think could be a borderline all-star. Yeah, I agree. I like, I like Blake a lot. Had a chance to watch him work out a couple of days in Las Vegas. I know he had told me he had, he's gained like nine pounds. So I think that's going to help him with his finishing around the rim. I was impressed with his passing just in some of the, the, the pickup games that I saw and the shot looks clean. So I, I agree with you hundred percent. I would say for him, the swing skill is the shooting. Although the shooting numbers don't suggest that he's a good shooter. I think he's a much better shooter than his numbers. And then in, in context, he was a guy that went to a team that had six seniors. Again, he wasn't like this crazy, highly touted recruit. So he had to kind of find his way, 
even though it was obvious earlier in the season that he was the best NBA prospect on the team with six seniors, I think he had to kind of find his way. So um, I think that uh, that kind of, I don't want to say negatively impacted him, but I think that he was a little bit too unselfish at, at times. All right, the next player for me, I'm still sticking with guys that I think are going to be in the lottery. And this is pretty simple. Johnny Davis. I think Johnny Davis needs to uh, become a better and more consistent outside shooter. Shot 30% from three. He is a tough shot taker, tough shot maker. On one hand, I'm kind of torn between does he, is that just his game and who he is, or is that the role that he had to play? And I think it's a little bit of both, but I think in the NBA where if he goes to a team where the role is a little bit reduced, where he's not expected to carry the offense, I think that the shooting splits will be a little bit better, but overall I would say the swing skill for him is the catch and shoot and the outside shooting. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's the knock on him that I have is that the role he played didn't demonstrate the shooting capacity that I think the modern NBA needs and makes you have. Um, he scored a lot of tough shots. He had a face-up game, a lot of mid-range games. He's very strong. He kind of reminds me in a way of Josh Hart, good rebounding guard, Um I'm not sure he's the shooter from can he play the three and D role that Josh Hart has embraced and, and kind of been a seven rebounds a game guy knocks down corner threes. Um, Johnny Davis had so much of the ball. It makes me wonder of what role he'll play in the NBA. So I think the clarity of the role depends on his shooting prowess because I don't think his isolation game is as translatable as some of these other players who have the blazing speed or um, in, incredible uh, wiggle to their game and I, I think davis has a lot of guile and strength but his his game doesn't translate to the role he'll be playing in the nba so i think if he became a knockdown shooter that clarifies his role and he can really excel in it because of the experience of being a on-ball star for wisconsin this past year all right who's next on your list uh i i've got a i've got a few uh, i think this one is a second rounder uh, so i've got i've got two here that are are dynamic athletes uh one is darion sebron uh from nc state and who is a freight train in transition gets to the rim draws a lot of fouls if he can figure out how to shoot that's a steal and then the other one uh, is jd davison i think he's got dynamic athleticism i'm not particularly high in his point guard play and that's the swing skill for me is is facilitation and limiting turnovers yeah i agree 100 i'm a huge sebron guy the shot isn't broken I believe that he can be a, a good shooter. And I had the chance to speak with him a little bit at the combine. And uh, it's, it's a question I like to ask certain guys, especially if I have spent a lot of time watching their film. And due to my experience as a skills trainer, I can tell guys that are hoopers and ball players or, or hoopers and basketball players whatever the debate was on twitter and um he's a guy that's just a, a hooper like he doesn't come from a background where there's a lot of skills training he's not robotic you know with that type of game the way he plays you can't really develop that in just you know working out with a trainer 
his style of play is developed playing in rec centers at the Y outside because it is this it's it's I don't I don't even know how I'm trying to think of the best way to explain it the way he rebounds can't really teach that from a trainer and his game is like all downhill and he's not afraid of you know packed lane 79.9 percent of his field goal attempts in the half court were at the rim so he has this aggressiveness and this confidence that you can't teach and I think once you combine his his uh, playground or his pickup ball style instincts with you know skills training then I, I think the sky is is the limit for him and you at least in my opinion I can tell that he hasn't really need to work on the jumper because he's been able to get to the rack at will with his first step even when teams try to game plan to stop him from getting to the basket he can still find ways to get to the rim because he can get a rebound and we all know once he gets a rebound, he is a one-man fast break. And so I think with the shooting for him, it is obviously the, the biggest glaring weakness in his game. And again, the, 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 the form isn't broken. I think it's just a matter of him getting up four or 500 makes a day from three. And I think he can be at least a reliable shooter. And if it worked for, and this is one of your favorite comparisons, if, if Herb Jones can go from a guy that never shot over 27% from three in three college seasons to 34% and being somewhat respectable, then I believe Sebron can, can, can do the same. Yeah. Herb, I heard my favorite part of that is Herb Jones shot 7% his junior year of college from three point land. So I'm all, I'm all aboard that. What do you think of Herb Jones? Um, an alma mater teammate, or not a teammate, but from the same alma mater, J.D. Davison. Uh, he's, for those of you who don't know, he's a dynamic, dynamic athlete, super speed with the ball. I got to see him at, in March Madness. Uh, they played Notre Dame. And he, uh, there was a point in the game where Jaden Shackelford was hurt, and he was the only one able to create anything against a pretty stout defense that was always set and got back in transition well. Um, that's the big question for me is, can he be a point guard and facilitate and take care of the ball because he's got the dynamic traits that allow success when you're not a great shooter. Yeah, he's definitely more of a scorer than shooter. Came into college basketball with this reputation of being a dynamic shooter. It's it's weird, like with, with JD, because I think that coming into this season, what scouts wanted to see was, could he play point guard? Could he run a team? Could he, you know, play where he wasn't like the man? I think he had like a 70 point game or something like that in high school. I mean, I know he was just this crazy score, right? So he goes to Alabama and then he's playing a backup point guard role. And on paper, his numbers were solid. The assist numbers were decent. He rebounded. And even though he didn't start, he played, starter minutes but the turnovers are concerning and I don't think he really answered the questions or concerns that people may have had coming into the season if anything I can say his stock kind of dropped a little bit and that's why I'm disappointed at the fact that he didn't play at the combine I thought that would have been a great opportunity especially with all the guys that chose not to play for him to play show that he can play point guard, show that he can run a team, and just kind of address some of the concerns. Now he's all in on the draft, and I don't know where he goes. I mean, I think he's a second-round pick at this point, 
And I wonder, depending on where he goes, is he going to spend the entire season in the G League where a team is like, all right, we're going to let you learn how to be a better facilitator, kind of slow down a little bit in the G League, or is he going to be stuck in a situation where he's on a team that's like their third point guard and he's not getting a lot of reps? So um, I like the talent. I think he could end up being like Bledsoe if he goes to the right situation. Eric Bledsoe, that is. Bledsoe didn't start at Kentucky, um, came off the bench behind John Wall and got to the Clippers as a rookie and then learned behind Chris Paul and played well in in those minutes. And, I mean, I guess there are some similarities, both athletic. Um, I believe both are from Alabama. So there there are some similarities there. But I think the swing skill for him is definitely – becoming a more consistent shooter right now. Like I said, I think he's more of a scorer than shooter. And if he can um, run a team and initiate the offense. Yeah, I'm with you right there. I, I think learning to run an offense is something I think he'll acquire probably by playing in the G league, because I don't think he'll get enough reps to become good at that in the NBA immediately, but all he needs is some time and and maybe it's an injury. Like obviously you don't want that for a team, but someone ahead of him gets injured and he, now he's in charge of running a second unit. And sometimes the best experience is just being thrust onto the job. And I think that that's kind of what he needs because even at Alabama, he wasn't the guy operating the offense to what was often Javon Kennerly. And in that game that I referenced against Notre Dame, Kennerly got hurt in the very opening minutes. And I, I saw up close that just the burst and speed and, and he can finish like he missed some layups. But I was like, wow, like very few people can do that. So yeah. if he can run an offense. He becomes a, a legit threat. Yeah, I also think with NBA spacing, he could be one of those guys that is a better. The NBA game is more suited for his style of play than college basketball. All right, I have one more. And this is a guy that you are very familiar with. And I'm sure you agree with me here. Christian Coloco. The swing skill is the shot. If he is the shooter that he says he is, he told me that he's been working on this shot for a little while. He told me he can shoot. It just, you know, wasn't in their offense for him to shoot threes at Arizona. He shot the ball well at the combine. And then I saw in his pro day, he was knocking down shots. If Christian Coloco can be a stretch five that protects the rim and serve as a vertical lob threat, I think he could have a good career as a as an NBA starter, maybe even high level starter if the shot is legit. What are your thoughts on that? I think Coloco shooting 18 of 25 in the star drill was uh, that was one of the most astounding stats I saw because you just didn't see that at Arizona. They had a team that had six seven players that i think by the end of their careers at arizona because some of them are coming back will be all first team players and they all played like roles together and coloco shoots 18 of 25 he shot 73.5 percent from the free throw line and you know that's a guy who's had four blocks per 40 minutes i believe oh per 36 minutes and so if he can shoot and be a lob threat because he's got like his standing reach is very good. His vertical is very good. If he can shoot, I think that's a guy who's going to rise. If, if you buy into it, he's going to rise up the draft one. And I think he's going to rise up a depth chart and become a valuable NBA contributor right away and be more than just a backup big man, which I kind of projected 
um, based off what I saw at Arizona, I saw an energy big, and I think he can still be that with an added offensive bonus. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm high on him. I think he can sneak into the first round. And I mean, I think, you know, right now, of course, depending on if you have Chet as a center, but you got Chet, you got Duran, Jalen Duran from Memphis, you got Mark Williams. Then I think you have Ishmael Kamagache. And after that, um, maybe one more guy can sneak into the first round as far as being a, a traditional center in a sense. And I think Coloco could be that guy. All right, man, that wraps it up. I enjoy chatting with you on swing skills. It's something that, I mean, you can you can really go down the list of every single player in this class and then pick out a swing skill that could help them, uh, you know, just, just maximize their potential. I know it's probably like the 80th time I've used that word. Thank you, everybody, for making the Locked On NBA Big Boy your first listen of the day, every day. Again, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. I know they have some good analysis on the finals. We are down to, at the very minimum, three more games left of this NBA season. But if the games are like game one, then hopefully we have six more games left. Once again, this is Rafael Barlow, and he is Leaf Tulane, and we are out. <laughs>